For the best in metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to InnerLightRadio.com, the healing frequency. beyond the surface level of reality and dive deep to reveal hidden truths and exciting revelations. Thank you so much for joining us once again for another episode. Uh, I hope that this energy finds you in, in good uplifting vibes and if not, hopefully by the end of today's show, you get a little bit of a boost. So just to like go back into where we're at right now, on our on last week's show, we had uh, my amazing guest, Beth Martin's on to talk about uh, the primal archetypes and the importance and significance of primal archetypes. And so I wrote a little bit of a little, uh, uh, I guess, paragraph on Facebook in my post last week talking about how our, an- our ancient ancestors over periods of time, you know, observed nature, observed animals, the movements of the stars, all these things. And they came into a higher level of awareness that these energies work together and that they do affect us in this, you know, 3D reality experience that we're living in as a collective. And as they continued to collect this energy or and this information, they, you know, were able to pass that on to other generations by etching it into stone or writing it on papyrus or whatever it is they did. Uh, and, you know, stretching from China to India to ancient Mexico, Egypt, uh, you know, all different areas of, the, of this planet, they all had their own way of interpreting these energies. And uh, no one way is better than the other. I, in me going on my journey, going into all these things and studying it, they all clearly have value and their own um, unique perspective on interpreting these archetypal energies. So going further into that, you know, these days we're seeing uh, a spiritual renaissance uh, reappear in this period of time. And along with that, you know, tarot is becoming popular again. Astrology is becoming popular again. Uh, numerology is becoming popular again. And in, in these divination arts, they have their own um, archetypal energies. And I feel like the, those three play together really well. They all really help uh, support us on our on our journey. Uh, but they, t- they can take a long time to understand, to understand. Like I was saying in my Facebook Live a few minutes ago, understanding the archetypal energies of every card in tarot 
in itself takes time to master. And then understanding astrology takes a lifetime to fully master. And even then, I don't, I don't even know if it's possible. But so what systems are there out there where we can understand these energies and get the value in, uh, of knowledge and experience from that to help us better navigate our reality experience? I believe my guest, Beth Martins, has created that kind of a system. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's super amazing. When, I, when she introduced me to her work, on a, on a phone call we had within a few minutes, I was like, Oh my goodness, this, this is like jackpot. This is amazing. Mm. I can, I can identify with the, the, the phases of some, some of these archetypal energies that she talked about and understand that like, wow, I've actually experienced that. And I've also experienced this shadow side of it. So I feel if I was able to get value from that and understand, uh, more about my own journey, I feel that some of you may also benefit from that. So welcoming back uh, onto my show, Beth Martins. Hello, so great to be here. Super excited. Yeah, thank you. So yeah. where do we begin today on this on this mystical, mysterious journey? Oh man, you said so many amazing things in your in your live and in your intros. Um, you know, an, unnecessary suffering. That's such a big topic. I'd love to blow the the lid off that one. Uh, I, I love what you said about the simplicity because we we do really lock ourselves into the complexity, and it's a way to avoid the direct routes to freedom. And so, you know, all of that next generations, what we're passing on, it's all so so relevant. And the one thing I want to I want to throw in there quickly is that I feel not only do we have a lot of unnecessary suffering, but we have a lot of unnecessary distractions to go along with that. So right. it's like sometimes we're not even fully aware uh, to the, the extent of our own suffering because of social media or whatever's going on in the media, whatever's going on in the world. It's like if we all don't take that time to really check in with ourselves, it's so easy to get caught up in this like storm this 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 raging storm of information that we're seeing in in this age that we're in you got it you got it so like the path to freedom is is simple but the problem is incredibly complex and it's just what you said that you know in for for many people the prescription is actually is actually suffering because we've used distractions to get out of our body out of our feelings out of our actual, you know, sensory experience of what's wrong right in front of our eyes or, or across the world, but that's right in front of our eyes now. And so, you know, this is a big theme of right of mine right now to, to move up and out of that denial. That's actually a betrayal, a self betrayal. And then of course, a a betrayal to humanity as a whole. So, you know, so from that perspective, it sounds very odd, but it's like, you know, we need to feel the suffering that's actually there and stop turning away from it. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in this period of time, and you and I are both Scorpios, so diving into that shadow realm is, is, a, is a part of our transformative life path. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like now the whole collective is in that energy now. We have four planets uh, in Scorpio right now. I mean, Venus just retrograde oh, wow. back in, into, into Libra, I think. Mm-hmm. So, But I mean, we, we have these heavy Scorpio energies right now where we're dealing with the shadow side of life. And the right. shadow side of, of ourselves, our temptations, our inner urges, what drives us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's like in going deeper into that, I, I feel the knowledge that you have to offer can really help people navigate even just this season we're in with those energies. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, you know, it's, it's really good to distinguish because if we come at our 
we if we come at it from from a simplistic, you know, it's simple versus simplistic, right? Simplistic is where we need to um, turn everything into some like idea concept that we can just put aside so we can get on with enjoying our show or whatever it is. And and so when we look at the suffering out in the world, the unnecessary suffering, the harm that is is coming to people, to this planet, to, to the animal life, the plant life, whatever it is, this, this is what needs to end, right? And it's, it's our inability on the whole to connect with that. I just, I just posted to announce your radio program this morning. And it's, I remember literally growing up with this in my family with my father, who was in the, the marketing and PR world, and he would always say how people were were in this place of basically NIMBY, not in my backyard. And as long as you could, mm. right, it didn't matter what you were doing, as long as it wasn't in their backyard. Absolutely. I think I, like, uh, that really jolts a memory that I speak of quite often <laughs> with mm-hmm. my people in my community. But I had this conversation uh, more than 12 years ago with a, f- a friend of my boyfriend at the time, and I was talking to him about all these things that are going on in the world and how, you know, Canadians need to stop being complacent and making it a priority to help our brothers and sisters in other countries who are suffering. Mm-hmm. And he turned to me and he said, well, until it's on my doorstep, who cares? Mm-hmm. And, and I just I was, had somebody I was say like, it the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, excuse me, what? I'm like, yeah. what if, put yourself in those people's shoes. If you're being bombed and mm-hmm. killed for being a trans person or an African person or any, any, any other uh, uh, person that's elder that's suffering unnecessarily, how would you feel knowing that there's other people on the planet who are more affluent in whatever ways and they have the, the resources yet they don't care to help? You know, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I would feel like crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. That would feel very nice. Exactly. That's one of the reasons that I turned towards the word you used earlier, these primal archetypes. So we can start to return to our own senses. You know, we've been talked out of our own inner wisdom and intelligence that's, that, you know, doesn't even have to go deeper than our eyes and our ears. It's not very mystical, although it goes, you know, there is a lot of depth in that, in that direction. You know, it's it, we've been taught to not believe what we see right from, you know, when when kids are raised and say, say if they've, my child falls down, hurts themselves. The first thing they hear from an adult is you're OK. And and the whole inner experience is like, no, I'm not OK. And so but we're we're immediately imposing some idea thought on top and and we slowly brainwash them that oh, okay, I'll just stop noticing this because it doesn't match what all these adults are saying. And unless they're all stupid, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, unless they're all idiots, then I have to believe them because they're they're creating me you know, or making me safe in this world. I have to abandon my own primal senses in order to, you know, fit and belong and be safe in this world. And so this is a return to me to me, the study to, to dive into this particular archetype on, on my map and my Merpreneur's journey, this, this nature child or nature babe, I call her behind the scenes when people know me, so that we can reconnect to, you know, the messages and the knowledge, it's all there. It's just ha- we just have to look, right, with, with, that, with that depth of, of the Scorpio energy right now, it's so conducive to that. We're, we're lucky we have it all year long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it uh, has subsides and its downsides. It sure <laughs> Let's <does>. just see that. <laughs> oh yeah, 
Yeah, it's a wild ride. I can't believe I chose it some days. But- I also wanted to touch on something quickly. When you talked about, you know, getting like banged up as a child and, you know, parents were like, oh, you're okay. It just reminded me that it, like a lot of stuff that's going on in our culture focuses only on surface level, physical 3D level. But it's like within that dimension, there's multiple dimensions or yeah. multiple densities, I guess people sometimes want to call it. Mm-hmm. And and and. And going deeper into that, it's like, yeah, we have emotional things, psychological things that need assessment, not just right. the physical. Right. And right. so it's like in a parent saying, oh, yeah, you're OK. It's it's like physical. What about my emotion? Maybe I was scared. Yes. Maybe I was feeling other things that I need to, like, give attention to in that moment and exactly. clear it, cleanse it and get rid of it. Exactly. And it also makes the make the mistake of relativism, which is one of humanity's big problems on many, many, many levels, is that, oh, well, you know, you're not bleeding, you don't need a hospital trip. So we'll just say you're okay. And it's like you said, well, you know, the body might not be that broken, but the emotions are broken. And so, you know, it deserves our attention, it deserves a moment of, of empathy, right? Like this is something that our, our humanity lacks a great deal of, they're, they're trying to teach my kid empathy in school right now. And, and I actually pull him out of this program because it's all about shaming the kids for not having those feelings yet. And the, uh, you know, the fact is that most adults haven't actually, um, you know, mastered empathy either. Hmm. So, so trying to shame the kids into, into, you know, as if this is going to change their behaviors because they get ashamed of, not having that, what they, nobody around them models. Um, you know, this is something that they have everything they need. And it's, it's one of the reasons we were going to talk today about the, uh, the five elemental steps to getting past this denial and, and this betrayal. And it also speaks to that because we're, we're looking at the world on, you know, you're, that you're okay, your leg's not broken, but it's not seeing this whole picture that, you know, a very strong running theme in the work that I do is is the wholeness. Yes, that, that we've been broken off from from by many experiences that really add up to some kind of uh, traumatizing. You know, whether that's at birth or childhood, um, many many layers and levels of of trauma. Some some people go through extremely severe trauma. Uh, they're they're deliberately traumatized in order to be controlled. We're we're also deliberately traumatized, but you know. Most of us not at the extreme level. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to comment on something quickly about yeah. uh, the journey of the soulpreneur, and or in, in your in your case, the merpreneur, um, mm-hmm. and why this is all so important. Like I'm in, I have my conscious marketing business, and becoming an entrepreneur or a soulpreneur or merpreneur, it became mm-hmm. very apparent to me that if I don't do this inner work, you know, this shadow work on myself, and really understand my blockages and move through them it will bleed into my business and it will bleed into all these other relationships i have in my life so i also felt excited about your work because you know if you're on that journey it's like you can ignore all these things as much as you want and push it down and and you know put it as a less of a priority but it's going to creep up on you in many ways and i think becoming an entrepreneur and wanting to get that success and stepping more into your power to becoming a leader in your community, it requires, in my opinion, a lot of soul work, a mm. lot of spiritual work. And mm-hmm. a lot of I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs speak about this, especially on YouTube in their videos that like definitely being on the path of a soulpreneur or morepreneur, like it kind of forces you to do that work. It yes. forces you to like 
have to like go into your subconscious programming, uh, going into your perceptions, uh, mm-hmm. how you communicate with people. Do you have good communication skills? You know, how are, what are the healthier relationships? Like all these things are all intertwined. And I think mm-hmm. some of the best entrepreneurs out there, they've done a lot of this work behind the scenes. So it's like when we see Lisa Nichols up there, when we see Les Brown or Tony Robbins or any one of these characters, it's like sometimes people get caught up in idealizing them like, oh, yeah, they're these heroes. They're so amazing. But it's like on the back end, they went through some shit. (laughs) They went through some crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to honor that and then honor that in yourself. Know that Mm -hmm. you can get there, but it's like it's going to take work. And I think that going into these archetypes like in, in your body of work can help people with that. Mm, so very true. So very true. Uh, you know, I, I was part of just a little backstory. I was part of several spiritual groups over the years. And it wasn't until I started hitting groups of entrepreneurs that I really saw egolessness, right? That the spiritual people who had way more ego than the entrepreneurs did because the entrepreneur's life is a, is a rubber meets the road. Things have to work. You have to humble yourself to you know, what, what are people actually struggling and suffering with so that when I show up with solutions, they work. And, um, you know, you, you face your biggest fears of, in, in my community, it's always of being seen, you know, the, the, uh, the authenticity once upon a time when, when it, we showed ourselves for it, we actually got ourselves killed over it. So that, that's a big part of it. The, mm-hmm. the responsibility is huge. You know, you have so many people. Like if I could, I don't have uh, enough hands and toes to even count how many people show up and like, oh, yeah, I'm into this. I want to do this. But it's all ego. And then when the responsibility actually shows up, they're like, oh, no, I didn't really feel like it. That's not actually my path. Uh, I'm out of here uh, next like this. And it's just like, yeah, so it's. It's more far and few between those that are willing to do the deep dive and take responsibility for, you know, what ends up being two things in in one time is for your own soul's evolution, because that's all we're here to do. And then for the sake of of being um, instrumental in other people's soul's evolution, too. Mm -hmm. Being of greater service versus, uh, versus service to self. That's it. That's it. And so when you take an archetypal approach, you, you do a lot of like, I, I often think of snakes and ladders, how, you know, you, you do some work, you do some work, and then you hit a ladder and you go zoop and you're all the way up. So, so, and, and then it also works the other way when you're, when you're struggling and you hit a snake and you're, zoom, you know, like you, you go down. So archetypes have, have both potential in letting us, letting ourselves be asleep to them or, turning on that conscious thing, you know, I've had a big revelation. I've had this thought many times, but we never love by accident. We're never in a million years going to love unconsciously. It only happens on purpose. We have to intend that. And that's base, that's the basis of the archetypes. You're, you're either in a place of love or you're in a place of fear. Mm-hmm. So it forces the hand in that way. Like, what do you choose? You're going to keep on going and having these train wrecks and all the unhappy surprises that you don't want that comes from being in the shadow of the archetype, or you're going to turn it around and choose to love whatever, you know, whatever the subject is, it's you, yourself, life, the things that you and this archetype energy are, are passionate about. And once you're on that path, as I, as I said in, in your last show, it, it literally saved my life from cancer. It was so powerful. I was on that's my in, That's incredible. Right? told I'm not going to survive. 
so I saw that power and it's, you know, it's a lifetime to continue to practice it, right? Once you know it, it's one thing. And, and like even mentioning this in the last show, like the courage it must have taken you to like look into that abyss and navigate your way out of that, not let it swallow you whole. Like well, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, it, that's what happens when we're faced with these kind of death sentences. It, and it, it's not everybody that, that uh, takes it in that direction. I've seen many people hit crises and, and not <clears throat> look deep inside themselves. But uh, it, it gives you a lot of motivation. <laughs> it's like, okay, I might die or, or I am going to die. And, you know, even if I'm going to die, to me, it, it made it that much more important to do as much work as possible on my inner life, right? Because there's, there was this knowing by that point that it's this lifetime or next lifetime or next lifetime. We're just going to have to come back. And it's kind of like a contract, these, the way that we gathered archetypal energy in our life that we have to fulfill on something we decided, I don't know when, that that was our responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you made you me know? think about something, like being on that precipice of like, you know, life or death or, you know, creation and destruction. It, and it made me think of that saying, carpe diem. And mm-hmm. that maybe, you know, I think humans sometimes like we take time for granted. And mm, we're not totally. really living in that energy sometimes like, oh, you know what? Like this time is running out. You know, mm-hmm. I got to I got to get my stuff together. I got to sort these things out on the inside of myself so I can actually get activated in my sole purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the blessings of aging. I'm about to be 50 on November 16th coming up uh, the wow. day, uh, day of Your my training. Right before mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, yours on the 15th? 17th 17th oh right right after yeah right after after. yeah 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 perfect oh we have to have a party (laughs) that would be awesome online on facebook join us (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah you get to that point and it was uh you know i decided okay when i'm 50 i'm writing my book and amazingly just that intention and i've been writing my brains out all year long so i feel like lots has already been done towards that Wow, I would definitely look forward to reading that book. Mm-hmm. Good, good. I'm... So, uh, diving deep, we're gonna go on break in in, in less than uh, ten minutes. But getting getting into this now, the five elemental steps to transform denial and betrayal into a sustainable path to a natural life for all. This article that you wrote, how did like how do people start to navigate through that? Like you talk about the nature child superpowers and the dark side and how to find our place again in nature, like. First, uh, soulpreneurs or merpreneurs, how can they use your uh, knowledge base here on these things to, yeah, to like help better their lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to dive into that. I mean, I, I heard it the other day. There's only two rules in life. You either begin the journey, uh, not either. It's both, both rules, uh, to begin the journey and to stay on the journey. And mm-hmm. so this is what the nature babe is all about. That's it's 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 the beginning of the journey. It's also the renewal of the journey in the fact that the, the journey is circular, a spiral. It goes on and on infinitely. So this is an opportunity to hit the restart button for everybody that, you know, and it really is the the end goal is about bringing this value to others. It's not about we can't just sit on our enlightenment or happiness or freedom, whatever we call it. It's it's not good for us until it's good for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the the first one you have on here is have a big why behind your desire to serve the planet. How does, how do people discover that big why? 
Yeah, good good point. It's um, what what I noticed for every archetype. I was I was able to you know not surprisingly see that the five elements were at play. It's the very basis for alchemy. If any of the listeners are, I'm sure, familiar in a in a an environment like this, that alchemy takes a number of steps. You know, and 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 so we've been locked mostly in our in our heads with with air, but there's five elements in total, and and we have the basis for the, you know, what I call healing elixirs that are going to be unique to each one of us are kind of, you know, sweet spot or bombs or things that make it worth it for us to keep journeying both at a, at a, at a, just like a, you know, pleasure level, but also at a, a deep meaning level, which is a whole other kind of pleasure, much more, um, you know, deep, deep, deep pleasure. Yeah, and it's like so, more long lasting versus uh, something that's just being instant fast <laughs> instant food. gratification versus long lasting pleasure. That's right. That's right. So to dig in and really see, okay, you know, what do I, what do I care about? And these sound like trite questions, but everyone that you look at, say, say, if you go, okay, the world's messed up in a lot of ways. And this is where we get stuck because we, we hit this wall of like, there's a hundred or a thousand things that need fixing. So I'll just go and watch YouTube instead. And so if we, if we do the discipline and it is a discipline to say, okay, well, what I, what do I deeply care about for me? For example, what, one of my deep whys that I do what I do in in this three D world is about the human trafficking industry and the, the, the overall slavery of humanity. This is something that just burns me day after day after day for 15 years. It kept me awake at night now I'm finally teaching myself to sleep in the face of it. But this is something it's like for me, it's so I feel so passionate about making a difference in that area. And then there's going to be people who are like, you know, it's the whales that they have to save the whales or they or they have to make sure children are fed every night and day or, you know, that healthcare system needs needs to be taken apart and down and replaced with the way that nature has, you know, whatever it is, whatever your thing is, having the discipline to find out what that why is starts you off on this alchemical transformation. Because when you have that why, then you get to move into the fire of inspiration that um, the way they, they can actually overcome, like inspiration is one of those almost rocket ship kind of energies comes out of nowhere. It catapults and, uh, and it also reveals where you're going to get stuck. So in that fire, it naturally is going to lead towards the, uh, core values, beliefs, thoughts, dreams, the ways that that inspiration can manifest in it, in a concrete idea. And then we face the water element because underneath all of those ideas are going to gather all the feelings, usually about why we can't manifest our ideas so that's where kind of like all the fear starts to pop up all the blockages that's it that's it it's all the i cannot it's all the you know the reasons and the excuses and and on the feeling level so this this is where i'd say you know humanity really gets stuck because we've been taught to be allergic to our feeling world that watery world you know emotional underworld from from the mermaids that i commune with around here (laughs) this is you know they're they're the experts at navigating that emotional underworld so so is that scorpio energy so this is this becomes such a superpower and 
about half of the way that I work with clients, you know, half is step by step nuts and bolts. And the other half is, okay, let's, let's look in here and see what of the water element stands in the way. And once that is, once that is handled, once the, that the releasing is complete underneath the thoughts, then it automatically becomes synchronicity, right? It becomes the universe popping up with this bit of magic and that bit of magic to ask us, like, is this what you meant? Or is this what you meant? And we have to start discriminating going, okay, yeah, I asked for this. Now I have to refine the ask because I realized that I only wanted that because I felt like I lacked love and approval, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is and something I think a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, that's a big trap. It's it's a, it's a, like human human hunger and it's the reason we're enslaved in the first place. If we didn't have that hunger, they couldn't control us. Mm-hmm. And it's also finding... Uh, satisfaction through other things in our life that actually fuel our evolution. Mm-hmm. Like ha- being hungry to change, being hungry to like uh, master yourself versus being hungry mm-hmm. to like say, please others and gain mm-hmm. their freedom. You got it. And hungry for freedom, right? Mm-hmm. If you, so yeah, that, that same hunger that was your nemesis, your downfall, you, you know, could completely control and corrupt you now becomes your superpower. Mm-hmm. So we're one minute before break. Uh, can you give mm-hmm. people uh, your your information on where they can find you online, like your website and social media? Sure, I'd love that. So you could join me for the Nature Child when we go di- diving deep in that archetype. And if you visit my website, it's bethmartins.com, B-E-T-H-M-A-R-T-E-N-S.com, backslash nature child, all one word. There's also an archetype quiz where you can see on the Merpreneur's journey that maybe we're going to talk about more after the break, you can see exactly which archetype you're at right now. So it shows you what's behind and what's to come on the journey where you're at. You can also wow. definitely find I'm me. I'm definitely on... going to take that quiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, only five minutes and you, and you get some good insight. You can also definitely find me on Facebook. I absolutely love interacting there. I'm on Instagram. Those are the two that I'm I'm active on. So. Okay, well, yes, I guess when we come back, we're going to dive deeper into the, um, I guess, more of the journey of the merpreneur. And yeah, so see you guys back here in a few minutes.
listeners. If you're ready to change your life, you've come to the right place. My name is Caleb Truth, and I'm your catalyst dedicated to sharing good vibes, mind-expanding, and heart-centered information. Knowledge is power. In this fast-paced world, it is so easy to get distracted by the matrix and miss out on connecting with the right people and information that will truly help you in living your best life. On this radio program, I save you time and energy by sharing awesome people, new discoveries, life solutions, and wisdom to help you take action and create a positive shift in your life. I invite you to join me and share in this exciting adventure. Listen to Beyond the Veil on innerlightradio.com every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Beyond the Veil, inspiring conscious evolution. For the best in metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to InnerLightRadio.com, the healing frequency. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Uh, Just to reiterate where we were uh, back before the break, we were talking about uh, the phases, these five um, elemental phases of dealing with these primal archetypes. And Beth was about to go into the journey of the merpreneurs. So that's going to, that's going to be very interesting. Like you, when you and I were on a phone call uh, before we started this, uh, this program, uh, I think it was like last week or the week before that you were going into um, uh, explaining to me these different archetypes, like the hedonist and the nurturer and the warrior. How does all that, uh, play into like the journey of the Nurpreneur. Yeah, so so exciting for me. So it all does start with what we'd already been talking about that that nature child. So so once you've you know got yourself out of that denial, you're you're not in a place of being afraid to be betrayed. You're not protecting your quote unquote innocence, which is really your ignorance anymore. And and you decide that okay, that's it. You move the next stage of this merpreneur's journey, which is eight archetypes uh, in total. You move into the rubble and take up the fight. Right? I feel today's a very fighty day. I don't know if you can feel that. I'm ready to. I'm ready to wrestle. And so, you know, so each archetype has its place to get diverted. The rebel's place to get diverted is to fight blindly anything that comes their way. Instead of to very carefully choose their fight according to how why they came to Earth in the first place, to be really mm. in tune with their big why. And so once the rebel has that wisdom of knowing what their fight is and, and they hunker down and use that inner that you know that anger in a really righteous way, then she gets to move into the next phase of her journey. I keep saying her and, and I apologize because it's just the habit of my my language. But it, this is uh, more about the, the divine feminine, which includes men. Uh, the next phase of the journey being the warrior. This is the one where she decides she can take responsibility for something bigger than just herself and her own happiness and her own, you know, say, financial well-being in her business. And uh, she develops that discipline. She hunkers down. She does the deep work of, of getting out there. She does the, you know, the muscle that we all have to put in at some point to get a, a business really going, especially where it is helping other people. And uh, from there, she moves into the energy of that nurturer archetype, which is kind of one of the quintessential, you know, of the, of the mer 
archetypes. She has a very deep, deep desire to help. In fact, it's a compulsion. She can't not help when she sees problems out there. She can't turn a blind eye. She can't just say, not in my backyard, like we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. And then she really struggles because <clears throat> she wants to help everybody <clears throat> and she tends to burn out. She gives too much energy. She doesn't, in her business, she doesn't charge enough. She has, you know, what, ultimately what are boundary problems. So her calling at this stage of the journey is to have those really amazing boundaries so she can take care of herself and have some place to give from that's genuine. Otherwise, they just end up resentful and, uh, you know, being a real actual fake in their so-called service to others. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you experience that extreme burnout that sometimes can take months, maybe even years for some of us to uh, recuperate from. Exactly. And I think for me, when we talked about that on the phone, I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm definitely I feel in that face. <laughs> Yeah, like boundaries it, for me has been yeah. a tough thing. If my partner didn't uh, come into my life and start like really uh, speaking loudly to me about those boundaries because he was trying to protect me in different situations, uh, uh, like, yeah, my journey wouldn't be so fun right now. <laughs> boundaries, again, even right now with having Jupiter and Scorpio, that's definitely been a theme. You know, okay. not only just the hidden uh, uh, hidden realities around sexual abuse and all these sex scandals coming out, but it's also our, our boundaries with our energy. Are we giving too much? Are we, is the energy getting reciprocated? Yeah. It's like dealing with all that. One question I had for you in talking about all these different phases is, is it possible to be in more than one at the same time? Well, that's the beauty of it. It's that that wholeness is always the, the reality. It's always the reality. So so when you find yourself on the journey, you, fi- you, you find yourself in, on the whole journey. So that, that's why as we go through these archetypes, you, you will hear yourself in every position. But it will not um, – there's still, there's still somehow we still find ourselves in a point in time. There's still a phenomenon called now. And when we, when we find ourselves in that context of the wholeness, there is a place because – when we take a step, it's from a certain place and we, there's, there's forward momentum. There's, we're here to evolve and move. Like this is a movement. And so we always need to know, okay, like what direction do we take that next step? And that's where discovering, okay, right in this moment, here's where I'm experiencing most of my obstacles. Most of my shadows are coming up in this way. These are the ones that are in my face and saying, don't pass, go, don't collect $200. And so it's both. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a long answer. That's a long answer. Yeah, because I, I was wondering about that because I was like, wait a minute. I feel like, you know, I'm feeling this energy from the warrior, but I'm also feeling the nurture. And then, like yeah. you said, it's it's understanding that you have multiple aspects of yourself or expressions of yourself that, mm-hmm. you know, express themselves as these different energies. And then some, it's like maybe my warrior energies are balanced in one side, but imbalanced in another one. And then maybe True. same thing with my nurturer side. Maybe it's doing True. really well in one area, but then suffering in another one. So it's like, yeah, I feel like like even going into your body of work, understanding all these different archetypes, it really, like you say, it's simplified and it helps us to kind of target, easily target these these areas and then kind of work on improving them. Yes. One other reason why you identify at every level is because we've been through the journey millions of times already. You know, if not that you have to believe in past lives, but we, we, we've done this over and over and over again. It's exactly what you said. We've, we've been through them 
and 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 often incompletely you know like jumping ahead with we've got we got two legs and an arm but we don't have that other leg yet but we still jumped ahead and we still kept going and it's not wrong it's just a matter of like okay how much energy can we reclaim from the unconscious yes in the journey right and so that's where placing yourself in in a moment called now gives you the opportunity to reclaim the most energy from right this moment. You know, if, if, it, if people are in your face and say in the business world, clients are not paying their bills, your, your sessions are going on and on and nobody's getting any help, um, people are taking advantage of you, then you know if you spend some time working in this nurture archetype, you're going to have a big breakthrough. You're going to reclaim a lot of energy and a lot of magic and synchronicity can start to happen for you. Um, and if you like, I can go on and talk about the rest of the journey. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so once... I'm actually making notes as you're talking because I'm, awesome. like, I'm totally loving this. Nice. There's going to be a whole course that the, the nature, nature baby is the start of it and the whole course to go really deep in all of this stuff, just so you know. The, the next phase, once the boundaries are clear enough, then you get to move into the soul part of your business. And this is the lover archetype where she finally gives herself permission rather than to just be, you know, a slave to serve, which is good to a point, but also to fulfill, to, to answer the call of those like inner wants, those desi- those core desires that every archetype has. And she gets to make her business in her own vision. What she wants to be doing in, in her day-to-day work, how she wants to also be living. So she connects with her audience at a soul level, then it becomes less about, you know, the pressing 3D needs and more about this inner work that we've been talking about the whole time. Her, her business really hinges on that unrelenting seeking of truth and, and the beauty of that truth. And that allows and causes her to slip into the next phase of the journey called the hedonist and the hedonist mm-hmm. is the the pleasure seeker the one whose whose currency is actually pleasure they they live to give and receive pleasure we we love these <laughs> ones they they they're, they're going to be treating us to dinner and making sure we're having a beautiful time in in a business context because it's the merpreneur's journey this is about making your business your pleasure world you you work for people that you love and adore so that when you know even on your worst day you want to see them you you're in the environments that you want to be in when when you're working it's it's nourishing and it's giving you the experiences you want to have uh chances are you have some financial freedom so that you can just do the things that you want to do whether it's taking on more knowledge or giving yourself experiences or healings or whatever it is being able to treat others of course and this one goes into the unconscious because she is going to feel like her journey's done there. She's got it made, right? Mm-hmm. Her backyard is totally taken care of. But the journey is not finished because as we, I think we said, you know, if everybody's backyard is a mess, but your own, you still have to go to work. We're not going to truly rest at the soul level. Again, I was awake 15 years knowing that. And so the calling to move out of that place of hedonism is the maternal leader that I call her. She's kind of a royal archetype. She leads with, you know, not the not the Genghis Khan style, but the, the maternal style. So she's taking responsibility for not just herself, her own business, but her whole entire community or kingdom, queendom, whatever you want to call it. 
And, uh, and then she has the luxury of using her time and resources to do nothing but innovate deeper and deeper solutions or more and more effective solutions is a better way to say that. Mm-hmm. And, and like, uh, yeah, like I, I, I like, I'm thinking about myself and I'm like, I need to get to that level. <laughs> right, right. You're, you're not, ne- you know, your next run at that level. Exactly. And I, I, I completely relate with that. It's again, the responsibility, right? Like to have a whole kingdom to look after. It's daunting to many uh, especially in, in the world that I'm in, I, I think there, there's, a, uh, they share a lot of this, this fear and, and the, the downfall, the trap of this maternal leader is power because they're followed, they're venerated, they are loved and adored. And when they get some of that, it's like we talked about that. If they have that hunger and the seed of that hunger, then they're going to make effort only to get more power rather than to really innovate and create more and more solutions so she has to call on the next archetype on the Merpreneur's journey, the alchemist. The alchemist is very, very high energy. She is uh, so powerful. She, will, she is there to advise to the royal, right? That's how high alchemist energy is. It is an opportunity. So, so her, one of the, the biggest core values of this archetype is social justice. Mm-hmm. And she can see... We, we call it right from wrong. This is sort of baby talk. I prefer to say now what harms and what helps. That's much more, yes. clear, much more clear. We, we know that from, from a baby. And, and this archetype, the alchemist, has, has the eye for social justice, for this help and, and harm, and can make very, very clear choices and decisions based on that. Um, This is the one who's also got an eye on the wholeness. So she can alchemize or catalyze or, you know, transform what feels like many parts of ourself. This this is a big problem we have. We're all caught up into the I'm a this and I'm a that. You know, I'm a son, I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, I'm a a business owner, I'm a coach, I'm a a nurturer. I'm, you know, we have a hundred different identities and don't feel the wholeness of the way that they're connected. So that's what the alchemist does, brings it all together into, into one. So you don't have to feel like you're going outward in many directions. All mm-hmm. energy turns inward. I love what you said there because it's like I feel definitely a lot of us have these sub-identities uh, that, you know, we have, like you see, we have this wholeness. We're a whole being, a whole soul. But, yeah, we have these sub-identities, these identities that we, um, I guess, connect with. And in doing that, like if, if these, these sub identities are pulling our whole self, our soul into multiple directions and we don't have balance with that, then I feel we begin to experience what I call soul loss, Mm -hmm. where our selves are scattered out there. And it's kind of like we have to, like you say, reclaim that energy back and pull it back in and reintegrate it again and and create more of that inner wholeness and balance. Right, right. Yeah. Colleague of mine in the preneur world coined this term multiple business personality disorder is how it, <laughs> how, how it manifests, right? Because we have, we let ourselves be multi-passionate. We have a lot of loves and, uh, and then, and then we suffer because again, the energy moves outward to all of these things we love rather than having claimed our wholeness, like you said. Yeah. And I feel like that's a, a, a big time uh, epiphany that a, a lot of us on our journey hit where it's like, you know, if you if we want to do our best at, I guess, expressing the the many loves that we have or the many passions that we have, we can't do that coming from a place where we're fragmented. And just totally. just as as in the the phase uh, the archetype of the nurture, we can't nurture others if we aren't practicing good self care. So it's like 
realizing that we have like all these passions, but it's like, wait a minute, before we start trying to act on all those things, we have to first have balance in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I definitely struggle with that. I'm a Gemini moon. I have so many ideas and I have so many creative things going on. And like, that's been a key thing for me to understand is to pull back. Mm, there you go. One thing, you know, returning back to really ancient wisdom that the the whole is so much greater than the sum of the parts. I believe that's Socrates who, who said that. And so every time I help a client to pull their different passions together, their fragments, the way that they've gone in multiple directions, every time we pull it together, both of us are surprised what wholeness means to them. Like it literally is so alien to us to operate from that place of just being one being. Every time I discover it in myself, it's like, ha ha, I'm one person, ha ha. Like <laughs> it's something like, oh, you know, like a little kid just having this, having this new epiphany. It won't be an epiphany. I can't wait until it's not, not news anymore. But, but this wholeness becomes something. And, and in this Merpreneur's journey, this is where we get off the, off the wheel. It, it, we get off the map and, and stop looking at oh, this individual thing and that individual shadow and this strength. And, and, and then we claim our wholeness and it turns into some really amazing stuff. It turns into sage wisdom. Mm-hmm. Right. Wisdom that transcends any uh, information. It's 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 inner found. You can you can know what's real, what's right just by going inward and doing that work. Uh, it also very much embodies a kind of trickster energy. If you're familiar with that trickster being the the one who teaches, you know, through humor and through um, opposition and through acting out what is not true by showing, you know, reflecting and being a mirror to people about what's not right, what's not real. And this is the mechanism, this, this trickster, this playfulness, because when you think of the mermaid, like she just slips in, she slips out, she does her work, nobody even can uh, sometimes notice her, she's not doesn't need to be star of the show, there's no real celebrity going on here. And, and this is the force that will return humanity back to its natural state. This is, mm. this is the whole point of the Merpreneur's journey because I know in my heart and my soul, my bones are telling me what nature is really like, what a natural life would actually look like. We haven't seen it, right? We don't know what that means in our, in our 3D senses, but, uh, but this to me is the whole purpose. So it's, it's calling those you know, mer beings out out of there who are willing to do this hard work, the inner work, the soul work, to bring their gifts because their gifts are exactly a match for what humanity needs to make that return. So that's why the journey starts with the nature babe and it ends with the nature babe. It's in that it's in that full circle. And then of course, once you're there again, you're back to the same, you know, now what do you have your eyes uh, have to open your eyes to what what is the new level of denial? What is the the new level of betrayal that you're trying to avoid that you actually need to experience? And we go up and up uh, infinitely as far as I can tell. Yeah, because it seems that, you know, I don't think we're ever going to be perfect in this level of, of reality. We're always going to be, like yeah. you say, coming to new lessons, maybe getting hurt in different ways that we need to clear, uh, yeah. having to shift perspective. And then, yeah, then I guess... The cycle repeats again, <laughs> Yeah, where you exactly. have to go back through this process all over again. But then 
it's like every time we go through this process, we get better and better at it. That's and I it. think I see this when I'm looking at astrology and I'm looking at people's north node, which like rules, uh, you know, their purpose in this lifetime, their soul's purpose. Mm. And yeah, I can see how the individual is being uh, on a journey of trans transformation and uh, improving themselves, growing themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, that's the cool kick ass part of life is that there's there's that uh, promise of adventure. That's never mm -hmm. ending. And to me, that's exciting. Do we want to yeah. have this reality all figured out? I think that would be boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all, we all came down here because we knew this is the way it was going to be. We chose exactly. this. Exactly. And yeah, it's fun. Let's have fun with it. Totally. And, and so going back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the show, it's like, yeah, lessening the unnecessary suffering. And it's like mm -hmm. the way you've broken this down into a simple way to, uh, for people to understand, it's like, Okay, I understand that in the nurture phase, this is what can happen in the shadow side. Mm -hmm. So let me try and, and work on that. Let's let me try and make sure that I'm not falling into that shadow energy. And then the same thing with the hedonist or the rebel, the warrior. One thing that I, I wanted to point out, uh, when you got into the rebel uh and warrior ar archetypal energies, I like my mind did a replay back into looking at Occupy, the Occupy movement. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. how I was totally. like a lot of my friends were in this movement and I I supported them a hundred percent, but mm -hmm. I did not fully get all into it. My intuition said, No, 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 I need to roll back. Yeah. I need to pull back and I need to really witness where the collective is at right now. And it seemed mm -hmm. that the energies that you know, permeated the Occupy movement. It wasn't just in Toronto. Obviously, it, this was created first in New York, then it spread to Toronto. But in that period of time on the planet, I feel that in every major country, like there was this energy there where everybody was like angry. They're like, yeah, you know, this is wrong. We've got to do something about it. We're sick of this. Mm -hmm. and, and like they were in this like expression, this the, expressing their anger and their their uh, their frustrations and, you know, yeah. um, disappointment with the mm -hmm. system. But mm -hmm. then but then they didn't take it further it was like exactly here's what's wrong but mm -hmm. what's the solution and I exactly think when i talk about this with my friends here in toronto i feel like that was what was lacking and it's again it's a learning phase not that they all made a mistake and they're all wrong they were where they were at it is what it is that's what i'll say about that but yeah mm -hmm. it just I, I feel that in that energy i think a lot of activists in my community sometimes are stuck in that mode and That's I feel the like thing. they could really benefit from understanding what the shadow side of the rebel and the warrior is. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And seeing the seeing that it's a journey, right? It, it's no no one place on it is ever going to satisfy our whole soul's purpose or, or or that fulfilling of the contract. We have to actually stay on the journey. That's rule number two. Begin the journey, accept the call. Number two, stay on the journey. There's always your next step. Mm -hmm. So. That's, you know, to me, if people had that knowledge of, of just getting into that groove of it, like it's a movement, it's a movement. And then it's through the, the, the way you move in the world is automatically going to be a beacon to others who need to learn from the way that you move in the world. And that's how all of those circles of transformation to me start quickening that we're so many of us are doing our movement in the world and we just kick up a ton of, uh, lightness and freedom and awakening mm -hmm. for everybody one thing i wanted to ask you is like uh i i know so many social activists in my personal life and across the board that who you know live in many different areas of the planet and it's like there's so many things on fire right now you mm -hmm. know dealing with chemtrails dealing with gmo food mm -hmm. dealing with uh mm -hmm. 
corrupt politicians dealing mm-hmm. with um, the death of uh, gay and transgender people dealing mm-hmm. with hunger dealing with water issues there's so mm-hmm. many things mm-hmm. you know dealing with in- indigenous uh, um, uh, missing women you know there's mm-hmm. so many things going on like every day my mind's getting blown by you know all these new things that are popping up it's like we're going through a huge uh cleansing and expansion of awareness on the shadow side of reality and Mm -hmm. so a lot of these activists are like oh man we got to do this and we we need to help this area and i often see themselves quickly get burnt out and Mm -hmm. so i was wondering like what kind of advice you could give them for the rebel and warrior archetypes the shadow side Mm -hmm. how to better like Mm -hmm. navigate that energy yeah, in uh, three minutes or less, eh? Okay, so I'm just looking at our time. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, again, it's it's like, what's yours? The rebel needs to find out. that it, This is just scratching the surface, by the way, so your listeners know there's so much more. That's why I'm creating a whole eight-week course starting in the new year, starting with the nature babe, uh, pardon me, the nature child deep dive on November 16th, which is a free training you're most welcome to join me for. So the rebel right now needs to decide at the soul level what is their fight because that's where we're that's where we're lost they're they're going in every direction they never make it through the rebel to the warrior right so as long as and then and then you get caught up in in you know the secret thing like oh actually I just don't want to do anything I'm bored or you know all of this more unconscious place that the rebel finds themselves in very classic for activists to just like mm-hmm. lend in their anger and be bitter and kind of useless to, to everyone. So, so connecting more deeply with that anger at a soul level, what's my anger? What's my issue? What is the place that I will not, you know, I'm going to regret on my deathbed, not having made a difference or tried to make a difference in this, in this, it doesn't have to be one place or one area, but it has to be such a, a deep connection and then that pushes you, and this is why rebels don't want to go to the next level. It pushes you into responsibility for others. Yes. Then it's not just then it's just not the the blind fight. It's like okay, no, I'm a champion. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to work out. I'm going to put the muscle in. I'm going to show up every day. You know, and and I'm going I'm going to be there for others. There's a major shift from rebel to warrior. Hmm. And that's that's a beautiful thing. And I definitely see a lot of people in my community that are in that mode. And it's very inspiring to watch. Mm, so we got we got a few seconds left here. Um, so uh, you're this this uh, free online course is coming out soon. I'm definitely going to share that information on my page and get that Thank out you. there. I think so many people can benefit from that. I'm so excited for your work. I think it's totally amazing. Thank mm. you so much for joining uh, joining me today and sharing this with with everybody else. Total pleasure. Love you so much and your work. Okay, so if you want to find out more information about this, www.kaylovetruth.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook. And apart from that, I wish you all the best and positive blessings for the rest of your week. And we'll see you back here next week on Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern for the next show. Love you all and sending you all my best. Bye now. Bye now.